the supreme need of our time is for men to learn to live together in peace and harmony. I have directed the continued and increased close surveillance of Cuba and its military buildup. This is a strong nation. This is a compassionate nation. This is a decent nation. And this is a nation that will not let terrorists change our way of life. And with eyes fixed on the horizon and God's grace upon us, we carried forth that great gift of freedom and delivered it safely to future generations. Welcome back to another episode of The American Perspective. Joining me again is Christina McDowell, right-leaning moderate. Christina, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you again for having me, Josh. Always a pleasure. Of course. Uh, So this week, uh, we're going to talk about the Canada Freedom Convoy, you know, this massive movement that built up uh, in what seems to be a very liberal country. Um, pushing back against Justin Trudeau and the liberalists, uh, you know, of parliament. So what's been going on? Wow, Josh. Well, I know that a lot of your listeners probably have been paying attention to what's going on, but about 25 days ago, a group of truckers moved into Ottawa with their semi-trucks and um, they haven't left yet. And the whole situation's escalated to the point where they're now um, the government came out of their state of emergency or martial law mm-hmm. in lack of a better words and they're freezing bank accounts of people who have donated uh, in Canada to this freedom convoy um, today was violent today was um, the first violent day that we watched um, but yeah Josh um, I'm just, I'm shocked at all of this and it breaks my heart. You know, what, what are your thoughts when you're sitting here watching all of this from America? Honestly, um, I'm not surprised or shocked. I think that it's, it's been a long time coming for Canada. Um, but we, you know, we've been seeing a lot of movements throughout the world yet America kind of seems to be the one we're going to be the last man standing. Uh, you know, they had the arrest, the trucks were towed. There's, you know, still division, even in Canada, where you've still got the left pushing against the, you know, right wing as they're calling it. Um, and, and, you know, and like you said, they've frozen the bank accounts, US funds can't go into Canada. Uh, they're really disrupting lives over what's supposed to be a peaceful protest. Uh, the trucks haven't moved, nobody's been fighting, they've all been getting along. Why is it an issue? I'm not sure. You know, I keep watching too. Um, I have one particular live streamer I like to watch on YouTube and it's all singing and dancing. They brought out uh, bouncy house houses for the kids. It's plenty of food. Um, they're feeding the homeless in the area. Uh, the police chief quit. So there's either political pressure there or he just couldn't do it any longer. You know, I'm. it's, from what, from what I've read, though, the Ottawa police chief resigned because uh, Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act, and then, then he announced his resignation. So, you, again, there's division. You know, it's, it's obvious. And, um, you know, Canadian martial law. No one in the United States has even pulled that because we know what it means. Well, I think it's a little different for Canada than it is the United States as well. 
from what I understand, he still has Parliament, and Parliament is not happy with all of this at all. Well, you know, it, it seems that way. But let me pose this question to you. Why do you think that they haven't started a no vote of confidence? Um, that's a really good question. And perhaps Canada is equally as swampy as the United States is. Yeah, it seems that my way. Best guess. And that's yeah. just, you know, watching some of the press conferences of the uh, parliamentary members with all this going on, the, ease, the the thing about Parliament in the UK and Canada, even in, into Australia, the one thing I do like about it is that they can do a vote of no confidence. So if you've ever noticed, the prime ministers or prime ministers don't always serve out their consecutive terms. You know, right. they'll come in and it's like they've been in a year. Boom, we want to do a vote of no confidence, and then they'll win or they won't. Hmm. We can't do that here. Uh, not as easily, you know, we have to go into a recall vote is how we would basically do that. But I just, everybody's, and I say everybody, it's like you, you're watching Twitter, you know, you're reading everybody's comments and people are saying, um, one guy made a, a post earlier today and he said that this is it. Canada's going to win for the world. And it's like, no, where are you getting this? Do you not see that this is not successful? Well, it shows this entire event is um, hopefully a lesson. I hope it's not a lesson for the bad guys to see how far, you know, you can push a populace until they do something like this. But it's showing Americans that it doesn't take much. Right. It doesn't take much pushback. And the people at the top aren't interested in talking to you. And Trudeau and the leaders could have easily sat down with a beer and had a conversation, but they didn't. They ran. Right. Um, Trudeau is definitely a globalist, though. I mean, 100%. The passports, the... The restrictions through the providences, that is all part of the Great Reset. And as Americans, you should see, I mean, this is what is coming. If we cannot fight, this is exactly what we're going to be fighting. Um, and it, if Biden calls for a state of emergency like Trudeau did, our military takes over. It's very different here where martial law means Biden steps out of the way and the military has control until the military feels like there's no longer a threat. So I don't think we want to go that route either. Do you? No, I, I think you've seen that Biden's not exactly coherent. Um, you know, he gets angry at reporters. So he, I agree with you. What we're seeing out of Canada is exactly what we're looking at in the United States. If we cannot form, you know, um, a cohesive way of thinking, a unity, you know, um, you know, funny enough though, when you talked about the martial law here in the United States, um, Trudeau chose to not activate the military, which was a choice. And he mm -hmm. did, however, send full power to the RCMP and to work with local law enforcement. So, 
he, you know, now that he's done that, you're seeing the effects. The police are going in. They, you know, got the batons out. There's been a horse trampled somebody, or you know, this afternoon. And there's been audio and video footage of some of the RCMP um, going through saying, we're just following orders. Mm -hmm. So you already have people making a conscious choice to follow the orders. How does that make you feel? Well, I almost feel like we've seen this movie before. And we are on a very slippery slope into where people have been tossing the name and the phrase Nuremberg trials around, but mm. we're there. This is exactly what the Nuremberg Code was supposed to prevent 100%. So it's going to depend on, honestly, our leadership and not only the Canadians, but the Americans, we just have to wake up to this. You know, this has all been done before. And our history, our leaders, you know, hid all of this from us. And that's a good, you know, that would be a fantastic conversation later on is, you know, what are the 10, the 10 principles of the Nuremberg Code that were put into place back in the 50s and 60s so this wouldn't happen again and why weren't they taught and we need to start comparing it not necessarily to Auschwitz but to the Nuremberg trials because that's where we have arrived as a society globally mm -hmm. it is um, you know it, it, it is there's just so much to this you know, we're at this point, like you said, because of the vaccines and the mandates and the masks and everything else and nothing worked. And you've got a segment of society in every single country on the globe that is saying enough is enough. It's first of all, it is not killing people at the rate they said it was not Correct. even close, you know, so what are we really afraid of? And when you get into this in the altercations and you think about the public, um, right now some of the truckers they're going to be they're going to lose their licenses because the prime minister says we're going to take away your trucking license, we're freezing your bank accounts, you can't have your money. Everybody in the country can't even pull out money unless it's within a certain amount. It's because they're trying to prevent a run on the banks. Correct. Um, and in a, a question I, I pose to anyone listening and yourself, let's kind of go back and talk about the police, you yes. know, are the police to blame and would it really be that different in the United States? Cause you're looking at this as an American, when you see this happening in Canada and you already know what's been happening here, do you think that there's a concern that the police could also do the same and turn on us? Um, in the current climate in the United States with the last two and a half, three years of the whole defund the police push, there could be, there could be a, a very similar. Um, we ask that question a lot, especially with Australia. It's like, well, how did Australia get there? How did Canada get there? You know, why isn't America doing this and you know partially part of that might be the fact that both sides both the left and the right have guns and 
over the last four years, it almost seems like everybody I know now has at least gone out shooting or, you know, bought their first gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very huge part in all of this. That's something not to be taken lightly, that uh, it, it's not happening here because of that. And um, the police, you know, they were brutalized by by Black Lives Matter over the last five years, which right. coincidentally, it looks like they're gone. I mean, Amazon uh, dropped them today, right? Yeah, I mean, except they, well, part of it was because of the, the charity thing, but they've already bailed out people that have uh, been imprisoned, not sentenced, but just imprisoned, awaiting trial. So they got bail. Um and the BLM funds are paying for that. And these are people that are convicting horrific crimes. Oh, yes. You know? And, you, you know, you bring up BLM, but, you know, the summer of 2020 was, for the United States, horrific. You know, they blame Americans for January 4th, uh, which didn't do any damage. Um, but, you know, cities were torched and looted and destroyed. And then they had those no-go zones. You know, and everybody supported that. See, it's okay if you're a liberal or left or socialist or whatever. Everybody turns an eye. Um, but the minute you do something and they call for freedom, um, even in Canada right now, they're they're calling the truckers white supremacists because they want freedom, and freedom is linked to white supremacy. I right. mean, you can't. I mean, I guess you can. You can make this stuff up because that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um. I, 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 don't, I don't know anymore. I, re- I really don't. Well, it's clown world and everything is upside down. But um, it's all psychological. This is a massive psyop. So a psychological operation done on such a grand scale that there needs to be history books written about the COVID-19 experiment because it was so successful. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, and... For your listeners, I implore you to go look into the Stanford prison experiments back in 1971. And that was kind of what, you get it a lot like, well, how could people do this? Well, when you look at the Stanford prison experiment, what they did was they split just regular college kids into two groups and put them in a basement. And one group was the guards and one group were the prisoners. And literally within days the prisoners acted like prisoners and the guards were acting like guards. And it's all a psychological, just complete. um, It's how do I put this? It's understandable when you can understand the psychology and the psychological or this, when you can understand evil and what evil does and manipulates people and this whole COVID-19 thing, 100% is based on the Stanford prison experiment. You've got one class with their masks and now they have got their, um, their vaccines and their boosters and they feel like they are protected class from the rest. And they have a sense of authoritarianism that wasn't handed to them. Nobody's given them that. They just think that in their head. And now we're seeing that, I mean, nobody should be against what's happening in Canada, but so many people are. And like you said, calling them white supremacists, why? They have this false sense of entitlement. 
because they think that they're protected because they're doing the right thing, which is, as far as you and I know, completely the wrong thing. Nobody, nobody should be, you know, wearing a mask all day and getting five booster shots and vaccinating their five-year-old, right? Right. Uh, and it's out of hand. Um, and then that's what led everything to these protests is everybody is fed up and you know, the, the name calling and the anti freedom that is really part of this, because if you, if we don't get our freedoms back, we relinquish control to communism. That's all this is. It has nothing to do with liberalism, socialism, or anything else. It's communism. When the government says that you will do what they say to do, and Biden has given many examples of this, of we're going to do food and we're going to make less options so that it's less stressful, and we're going to do this and increase the tax on fuel because we don't want you to drive as much. It's communism, and people just are not figuring this out. No, the and, great leap forward is comparable to build back better. A very, very crappy version, but yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't trust Biden to put a Lego set together. That's just me. But let well, me let I, me yeah. l- let me throw one thing at you before we take a quick break. Oh, thank you. Um, so, out of everything that's been going on today, uh, the former Iranian president Mahmoud Ahmadinejad decided to go to Twitter and made a comment. Okay. <laughs> now I'm I'm quoting this and. Um, It does sound a little odd in English, but anyway, he said the violent crackdown on the freedom convoy has nothing to do with freedom of speech and human rights, how coercion could be related to liberty and freedom of choice. Turns out he is siding with the protesters and is against the government crackdown. And someone on Twitter made a very good point. When the devil himself is calling you out, you not you might want to be concerned. <laughs> so, I thought that was an interesting piece today. But uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come up or come back. We have a few more things to talk about. Welcome back to the American Perspective. Again, joining me is Christina McDowell. Uh, We were just talking about the Freedom Convoy and the whole Canadian Mm -hmm. debacle. Um, But there's so much more news going on. Um, Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine right now uh, is probably going to be a pivotal point if it happens. You know, there's still this back and forth. I think a lot of it has been made up by the State Department. there hasn't been proof, but they've been pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think Putin's just going to do it because we're already saying he is. But the thing about the Ukraine that came out today, um, a few prophecies, if you want to call it that, but economists, uh-huh. um, we're already at $92 a barrel for oil, which is setting the price. They are already saying they're expecting to hit $100 before the end of the month. Whoa. They said that if we hit $100, it's it's going to be five dollar an uh, five dollar a gallon average across the United States. Arizona right now is at three seventy for the average. They said California has already broken a record with their average, not the price, but just the average. Yeah. Um, the the economist that was talking today said that because Russian oil and the Eastern European 
contracts and things that are going on. If Russia invades Ukraine, that they are expecting fuel prices to hit $7 a gallon. And that would be a national average. If, if they invade and the oil prices go up, so you're, you know, $100 to $150 is what they're expecting. They said that there's no reason why we wouldn't see over $7 a gallon for fuel. So with all of this going on, and I know you've got a few uh, points that you want to make, do you think this whole thing in, in Ukraine is going to happen, number one? And number two, why do you think it will? Oh, when you just said $7 a gallon, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Shocking, isn't it? Um, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to afford to drive a vehicle at $7 a gallon. Um, but with that being said, um, I believe the Democrats and the rhinos are failing to remember that the American people uh, remember when Trump had us almost, what were we, completely energy dependent from the rest of the world? Right. Yeah, we I were mean, producing our own. Yeah, he let that big curtain back to show just how much oil the United States actually produces, and you can't put that curtain back. No. So... Americans are going to realize if we have $7 a barrel or $7 a gallon prices, it's because our government is doing that to us on purpose. Yep. So good luck with the midterms. If that's your strategy, that's a horrendous strategy to try to scare the people of America. Cause even the lefties will be like, didn't orange man get it down to like a dollar a gallon in Oklahoma? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even seen that since I was in high school. So 1996 was yeah. 97 cents a gallon. Now yeah. I get that you do have a natural inflation and that's just the way the world's going to work. However, oh, sure. um, you know, Nancy Pelosi came out saying that it's a good thing and no, it's not. And it's because we told you four years ago, that we cannot sustain a $15 an hour minimum wage. That's number one. So now all the $15 an hour minimum wages went into effect, and now people are wanting $20 an hour as a minimum wage because, see, they saw that they can get it. Now we're at uh, 7.5% inflation, fastest growth ever. And we're at a 40-year high. All this inflation happened in a year. Yeah. That's never happened before. And so if you're out there supporting Biden, you're an idiot. I don't want to listen yeah. to you. That's my first thing. Now, the second, here's the other kicker that's going to go into this. Because, again, we're still on this Ukraine thing. And I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know how this is all tying in, but I have my thoughts. But... Two economists have already said that we're expecting to see 10% inflation by spring, so April, May, possibly 12.5% inflation by summer. Yep. 12, That's what I'm hearing. 12.5%. Then, and I've been saying this for a long time, the housing market's going to burst. Yeah. There's reports coming out of Phoenix that 
the more the moratorium that we put on the evictions because of covid mm-hmm. are finally hitting and the foreclosures have been building and they're talking about a flooding of the market by end of summer with homes well that could be a good thing or a bad thing depending on where you are in life <laughs> right <laughs> I'm secure, but not everybody else is. No, 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 no. No. No, it all has a, it's a cumulative snowball effect. It's like somebody dropped a pea at the top of the mountain. Now we're halfway down the mountain and the pea has grown into the size of Delaware and we're only halfway down the mountain. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's this possibility of a Russian invasion in Ukraine. And a lot of this, not all of it, but a lot of it is going to hinge on whether or not that happens. Now, even if it doesn't, and I'm not sure why this is such an issue, um, if, if you put everything together, if you have a Russian invasion of Ukraine, you have oil prices going up, because, oh, by the way, the Saudi government decided to not ish, or, uh, produce any more fu- um, crude oil. So that's part of it. You have... Thanks. Selma. an inflation that's rising, a housing market that's going to come up and bubble. I don't think I'm going to be wrong. I, I may be off, but I have a feeling that by fall, you're going to see the biggest burst this country has ever seen. Um, I would venture to guess you're probably right on that. It just makes sense. You know, we can't continue at the rate we're going with prices going up, wages going up. You, you know, $7 a gallon hits for fuel, uh, even if half of the country sees that price. Oh, um, Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> it, in, interest rates will go up because that's inflation. So the Fed will increase its interest rate, which means your mortgage prices go up for those that don't have a fixed rate. Or if you're trying to get into a new house, and if you do buy a house and the burst does hit, you lose, and you're going to lose a lot. Now, will it be as bad as the housing crisis in 2008 and 2009? Maybe not. But if you you add all of these things together, that is just a brew that is going to have a stench so bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How is anyone going to survive? Um, well, learn how to legitimately live off of $500 a month. (laughs) Like, I don't know what to tell people. I'm, um, you know, and personally, I I wish that things would have worked out a little bit better over the last three years, because I would be exactly where you were. And I, I know we were talking about it four years ago about getting into your exact position and making sure that we ourselves are out of here. Um, But I would highly suggest if you are still in a big city, you need to get out. And if you have the means to have a piece of property away from big cities, I'm not sure how many more signs you're going to need, but you should probably do that now. And if you take a little bit of a hit, especially coming up, you don't want to be anywhere near around the big cities in the event that something terrible does happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 
sound device. I did it myself. I know that a lot of people aren't in that position. Um, but there's ways that you can soften the blow, which is get your debts down, uh, take care of what you can now refinance. If you have to, um, start getting together your food supplies. If you've got a newer car right now, they're begging for them back. Get rid of your car. (laughs) Hey, they've already tried buying my truck back. I bought it two years ago. They offered me 125% of what I paid for. Holy cow. But I, I, but I can't get into anything else. Nope. You know, Mm-mm. they said that the uh, used cars were seven to 9% more expensive than they were last year. You know, okay. uh, if you can find them, the cash for clunkers program was very successful. So, yeah, I, I just, with everything going on, you're seeing these signs, you know, you're seeing the turmoil, you're seeing the fighting, you're seeing, all of these signs that are telling you, hey, something's up and we got to fix it. And the only way to fix this is to unify and go forward. And we can't. And that's because there's people on the right and people on the left that aren't willing to budge. Um, it's going to come a point in time where they're going to, but unfortunately, COVID-19 has made it almost damn near impossible to talk to some people about things. And I thought it was difficult talking to them about why I voted Republican and voted for Donald Trump. However, when you start talking to somebody uh, who is sure because X is a ER doctor and has seen all these deaths and their grandchildren cannot get vaccinated and so you can't come to Christmas kind of thing, you cannot fix those people. And I'm not quite sure how because especially with all the news coming out about how masks aren't you know, effective, how the shots aren't really effective, how um, you know, Project Veritas's new video came out with the FDA about how this is a, just a money-making every year kind of scheme. So those are the ones that I'm nervous about because even if I reach across the aisle with someone and we agree on 100%, there's always going to be those people that are COVID-scared. And yeah. most of the time they're blue and I don't know how to fix that. Well, and then, but see, that's the thing though. It's that a lot of this, the division is so polar that neither, neither side really wants to see out. You no. know, um, you've got evidence in front of your face, but like you said, they're, they're COVID scared. Uh, They're not even willing to look at the evidence and the information, but they say, trust the science. Well, if you trusted the science, you wouldn't have been wearing a mask to begin with because only an N95 or greater would even give you a chance. You have to wear it a specific way. Only a true respirator is the only thing that's, that's really going to save you from the aerosols of of viruses. Um, The, the vaccines had terrible, (laughs) terrible side effects. Um, And, but yet it's okay that a hundred thousand people suffered different ailments, but yet these are the same people that came out in the beginning that said one death is one too many. Right. Well, why are we still injecting this, this stuff into people's bodies when there are deaths granted? Mm -hmm. Like I had it in a previous, uh, small mini podcast that I did. The data is there. The data is telling you even in Johnson and Johnson, only 88 people died. Yeah. Okay, but one death is too many. But no, 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 it's for the greater good. Okay, well, yeah. so is herd, herd immunity. 
the population can't continue at the rate it's going. We're going to hit 8 billion people on this planet in the next few years. You know, so nobody is making any sense. You know, how do you argue with stupid? Because we're, we're at that point. And that's, well, we are. Um, we are, but we also have to be brave about it and just speak out <laughs> this whole uh, Fox News is driving me crazy with the Ukraine thing because I sat up last night until two o'clock in the morning talking to people from both the Ukraine and Russia. Hey, what's going on over there? Because it looks kind of crazy from the United States and both of them are like nothing. Why? I know. <laughs> That's why I, you know, like I said, but like I, I brought up the question to you, do you think it'll happen? I, I don't, I don't understand this because Yes, supposedly there are t- Russian troops that have gone to the border, supposedly, but they're not making an advancement into the country. You had the Ukrainian president saying, uh, they're not coming in. We're not worried about it. But yet the UK and the US um, embassies were closed. Um, good job, Biden. That's now two. And everybody left. So it's like, what is going on? I Do you think that we're at this point maybe the real disinformation is coming from the government and, and you know, the, the big media, social media, it's not us that are the loonies. It's everybody else. Well, no. And the mainstream media let it slip the other day. Hold on. Uh, who legalized propaganda in the U S. So this is the story that I heard. Oh, my internet's not going to work. So Obama legalized propaganda when he was in office. Right. I'd have to look it up, but it's there. And I was listening to, I think, like NBC. And it was, the guy goes, well, sure he did. But it was because Cuba needed us to do it because there was a law. So, I mean, they admitted to it. The reason why we're here is because propaganda is legal on both sides. It's not just a one-sided thing. It's not just the government or just the Democrats or just the Republicans. It's the Uniparty collectively who are, they can lie about anything without any implications or consequences whatsoever until we change those laws. And I'm wondering why Trump didn't change them while he was in office. I don't know why. That's will always be the burning question. And I wonder why more politicians don't talk about it. But well, probably it's the same people using it, Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi and all the ones that are sitting in there with, you know, career terms. But I mean, it's fraud. You're defrauding the American people. We should be able to take you to court for fraud. But nobody can or nobody does because what they're doing is considered legal. So hopefully whoever is the next president after potato, um, they look at that and the Patriot Act, you know, these things that could be changed to get life back to like you and I know back in the 80s. I think that was the best era was like 85, 86. Mm, I'd counter with the 90s. Well, 90s were, yeah. Early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where we're headed anymore. But um, try not to think about it. <laughs> yeah. It. Well, it. 
you, you kind of have to, but in the same respects, you know, like I said before, you can kind of try to mitigate your losses, you know, things with food. You want to get your shelf stable foods, your rice, your beans, canned things, just like that. You need to have those supplies on hand in, in the event anything does happen. I mean, even with the lockdowns, you started to see shortages, you know, you've had a taste of what can happen. Don't rule it out. And Do I not think, rule it out. Do not expect the Democrats are going to come save you. Yeah. And they're going to wake up and say, hey, we went too far, guys. We're really sorry. I don't think that's going to happen for sure. So your advice is correct. Make sure that everything is just, you know, cornered up. Make sure everything's ready just in case. And then pray for the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. 2022 in the United States. I don't know. Hey, you know, I appreciate your time. This has always been fun. We've got so much more to talk about in upcoming episodes. Uh, before we go, I just want to remind you, if you're listening and you like what we're saying, you hate what we're saying, send an audio comment. Just send an audio recording, put it in an email, and send it to AmericanPerspectiveShow at gmail.com. I'll play it on one of the next episodes. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Christina, for joining me. I appreciate you, Josh. Thank you so much.